Presbyterian Church of Griffith, Indiana, is to love love God, love others, spread the gospel. We have been studying on Sunday mornings what Paul calls the fruit of the Spirit. It's from Galatians chapter 5. We have already looked at love, we've looked at joy, and we've looked at peace. This morning, we're going to examine patience. Oh boy. How many of you have described yourselves as a patient person? Uh, well, okay, well then let's pray and go home. I mean, everybody's, everybody's a patient person. <clears throat> we have seen so far how the fruit of the Spirit is a list of the qualities that the Holy Spirit brings out in the life of the believer. Uh, the Greek word for fruit is the word karpos. And uh, the word karpos Uh, is not a plural word in the Greek. It is a singular word. It is one fruit, not many fruits. I used to think um, that uh, the fruit of the Spirit was kind of like a a staircase, uh, some stepping stones that we would take. Uh, It was um, uh, a process uh, of growing in our faith. First, the Holy Spirit produced love, and then it produced joy, and then it produced peace, and then patience, and then kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Um, it's very important to know that, though, that the, the fruit of the Spirit is a singular fruit. It's one fruit. Uh, it means that the Holy Spirit is developing all of these qualities uh, in our lives all at the same time. You know, I, I figured that, uh, you know, self-control was the last one in the list. Uh, you know, thinking about it as a staircase, it was the last one because it was the hardest to do. You know, love is kind of easy. Uh, most of the time. Uh, Joy can be kind of easy. It gets a little bit harder with peace, a lot harder with patience. But by the time you get to self-control, oh man, that's that's almost impossible. But uh, that's not the case. The Holy Spirit uh, uh, develops all of these things all at the same time. That's what Paul is trying to convey. That once you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior uh, and you are baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Acts 2.38, the Holy Spirit goes to work in your life. The Holy Spirit starts to change you. The Holy Spirit works to develop all of these qualities and is constantly working to develop these qualities as we become more and more like Jesus Christ. If you are a Christ follower, you should be seeing these qualities uh, manifest themselves more and more in your life. You should be becoming a more loving person, a more joyful person, a more peaceful person, a more patient person, and so on. If you are not seeing these qualities developed in your life, then maybe we need to examine our walk with God. Why isn't the Holy Spirit producing these qualities in our lives? Are we listening to the Spirit? Are we following the Spirit? Are we living according to the Spirit? Or have we quenched the Spirit? Is, is our, are our hearts so hard uh, that we can no longer sense the Holy Spirit working in our lives, that we have virtually eliminated the, the ability of the Holy Spirit to work in our lives? So that's what, we're gonna, that's what we've been talking about. Today we're going to be talking about patience. We are a people who do not like to wait for anything, for anything. Patience is not one of our strong suits as Americans. We don't like to wait. We're not a patient people. We want what we want, and we want it right now. Now. Not then, not later, not tomorrow, not next week. I want it now. Uh, I, I will occasionally order books off of Amazon.com, and uh, I go to o- order my books. <laughs> I'm going to offend one of our members here in just a second. Uh, I go to order my books, and I always choose the free super, sha- su- 
super saver shipping option. You get free shipping if you buy more than $25 worth of books at a time. So I always choose free super saver shipping. Uh, and uh, it takes a little bit longer, but still, you know, it's, it, it'll get there in a decent amount of time. And uh, I always cringe, though, when I see who's shipping my items, and it's the United States Postal Service. <laughs> Sorry, Bob. <laughs> It just takes longer than UPS, and I I don't want to wait for my books. I want my books to arrive right now, and that's how we are as Americans. We don't like to wait for anything, and Christians, American Christians, are the same way when it comes to spiritual growth. We want to be mature in Christ, and we want it right now. We want to microwave our faith and be uh, ready and have it ready in three minutes. The Christian life, though, is not a sprint. It's a marathon. It requires training. It requires patience. Growth is seen over the long term and rarely is seen over short increments of time. You have to compare yourself to how you were last year, not last week or last month, if you want to see spiritual growth in your life. This morning, we're going to take a look at a passage from the book of James, James chapter 5, verses 7 through 12. And uh, it's going to help us see the importance of patience. Um, In our microwave, instant credit, give it to me now society, we need to learn patience if we are going to mature as Christians. Like I said, in Galatians, the next fruit of the Spirit is patience. The evidence that the Holy Spirit is working in our lives is that we are becoming more patient. The main point of today's passage is learning to be patient. My great-grandmother had a mug, I remember, um, and it said, uh, Lord, grant me patience, but I want it right now. I think that that just, just about sums up how we feel about patience. Well, today we're going to learn about this process of becoming more patient. That's exactly what it is. It is a process, and it takes time, and it takes patience. So let us first look, at see, look and see what James says in James chapter 5, verses 7 through 12. If you can grab a Bible and turn there real quick. James, <laughs> Sean, be patient with me. <laughs> turn there real quick. James 5, 7 through 12. Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Amen. Above all, my brothers, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no, no, or you will be condemned. So, what does this all have to do with patience? James is writing a letter to the Christians who were experiencing severe persecution. He tells them to be patient and wait until the Lord's coming. Well, here we are nearly 2,000 years later, and we still have yet to see the Lord's coming. We have yet to see the Lord return. 2 Peter 3.15 says, Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The Lord is coming back someday, and it may be someday soon. But we are not to misunderstand God's patience 
in delaying the second coming of Christ. Every day that passes is another opportunity for someone to receive God's gift of grace uh, through faith in Jesus Christ. Every day that goes by is another opportunity for someone to obey Jesus by being baptized. Every day that the Lord tarries, we have another opportunity to fulfill our mission of loving God, loving others, and spreading the gospel. The Lord is patient, and though we may desperately desire Christ's return, you know, we sing the song, I can only imagine what it's going to be like, and our hearts yearn. We truly, truly desire to be in the presence of the Lord. We truly want uh, to be in our heavenly home, uh, to be uh, in eternity, to be away from here, to be home where we truly belong. Even though we truly want that, even though we we desperately desire for Christ's return, we need to learn patience. We can rejoice in God's patience because, you see, God was patient enough to wait for you and me to come to faith in Christ. He he held back Jesus' return long enough for us to come to faith. James says in verse 9 that we will not have to wait long because the judge is standing at the door. Again, in verse 11, James says that the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. It is his compassion and mercy that keep Christ from returning. It is his compassion and mercy that are demonstrated in his patience. And just as the Lord is patient, so we too must learn to be patient. For close to seven years, there was a guy named uh, Walter his nickname was Buck, uh, Swords, and uh, every day he cursed and stomped his feet uh, at his favorite restaurant, uh, Luby's Cafeteria, demanding that he get his food exactly the way that he wanted. Now, that, that's, not her, that's not him, okay? Uh, every day for close to seven years, his preferred waitress, Melina Salazar, that's her, offered a patient smile and did whatever she could, she could to help her most stubborn customer. After years of thankless service, Salazar was rewarded. After seven years of thankless service, she was rewarded. When he died at age 89, just days before Christmas 2007, he left her $50,000 and a, 2000, a year 2000 Buick. I still can't believe it, she said. After all, she says, he was always kind of mean. That's what patience will get you, right? 50000 bucks and a new Buick, or an older Buick, but still, new to her. Uh, verse 9 in uh, James chapter 5 says, Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. You know, it can be hard to get along with people. I don't have to tell you that. You all know, I'm sure, that there are people in your lives that are frustrating, that are difficult to deal with. If your name is Shannon, one of those frustrating people is up on the stage. It can be hard to get along as a church family. As it is with any family, there are sibling rivalries, there are squabbles, there are quarrels. When I was growing up, my brother Matthew, who's two years younger than I, uh, younger than me, uh, we we fought occasionally um, or all the time. Uh, We were at each other's throats constantly. Uh, It's sibling rivalry. Now, Forrest Gump was on last night. I'm going to steal line. I may not be a smart man, Um, as is evidenced by the fact that I would pick fights with my brother. If you've seen, my my brother has visited him and uh, he and his wife and their family have visited with us before. They live down in Crown Point, and uh, my brother's a big dude. Uh, He he outweighs me now, probably by a 
close to 150 pounds, uh, and, and he's always been bigger than me, as is evidenced by this story. Uh, when we were little, I was about three and he was about one. I think I've told the story before. Uh, my mom heard fighting coming from the other room. Uh, she heard a, a, a child crying. Um, a baby crying, and she said, Sean, quit picking on your brother as she approached the room. And as she got to the door, she noticed that there was my brother Matthew sitting on top of my chest, bouncing up and down. I was the one crying, even though I was three and he was one. <laughs> we have been at each other's throats ever since. Well, at least through high school, and now we get along great, and uh, he's one of my best friends. But, um, you know, it, it, that it... It happens. Sibling rivalry happens. The same thing goes for our church family. We can test God's patience by our constant grumbling and quarreling with each other. James says that we have to learn uh, to be patient with one another. Uh, We have to learn to bear with one another. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Some of you may find it really hard to get up on a Sunday morning and come to church because you know that they are going to be there. And you know who they are, the person or persons that you have a hard time with, the people that you find it hard to be patient with, the person that you just cannot forgive because of what they did to you, the person who hurt you, bruised you, caused you pain. But God says that we have to be patient with one another. We have to bear with one another. We have to forgive one another. Jesus Christ went to the cross to die for the sins of the world. And as he hung on the cross, what words did he say? Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Jesus was able to forgive those who were killing him. We should forgive those who hurt us. And that's a hard thing to do, believe me. It is hard for me to forgive those who've hurt me long time ago, back in Minnesota, I got hurt. There was someone in our church who hurt me deeply. It hurt me bad. And it took me two years to forgive this person. Two years. And, and it was interesting. When I finally got to the point of forgiving them, I, I didn't see them for a long time. They quit coming to church. They started going to church somewhere else. And um, it was just very, very hard. And it, and it was interesting that where we finally made amends uh, was before a showing of the Passion of the Christ. Uh, at the local movie theater. We ran into each other there. And I shook this person's hand. And uh, we were cordial. And, uh, and I knew at that time that I had for- finally forgiven them. But it was hard. It, like I said, it took, it took over two years. And I, and I mean, I was angry. And I was hurt. And I was frustrated. And, and, and I, not only did I need to forgive the person, but I needed to be forgiven. Because of the things that I had thought, the things that I had said, the attitudes that I had harbored, getting along in a church is not always easy. We can get on each other's nerves. We can grate on each other. Let's face it, we got a a very diverse group of people here. We got folks who are young, folks who are not so young. We have men, we have women, we have children. We got People coming from all kinds of backgrounds. We have people who came from good family situations, people who came from bad family situations. We are a diverse group of people, and we're not always going to get along. But the Bible says we need to love one another. We need to bear with one another. We need to forgive one another. We need to be patient 
with one another and forgive as the Lord forgave us. And that's a hard thing to do. We need to learn to show mercy just as we have been shown mercy. It doesn't mean that we condone sinful behavior. We have a biblical responsibility to correct one another and admonish one another, but we also have to learn to love one another and to learn to patiently get along with one another. We have to be patient, and that can be hard. We also have to learn to be patient in trials and suffering. James gives the example of the Old Testament prophets as those who were patient in the face of suffering. They were rejected by Israel, even though they were speaking on the Lord's behalf and speaking at the Lord's command. In Matthew 23, 31, Jesus calls the Pharisees the sons of those who murdered the prophets. Elijah, a prophet of God, faced hostility from evil King Ahab and his wife Jezebel. Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet because he was so sorrowful over being rejected as a prophet and because of the abuse he took. John the Baptist, a New Testament prophet, was imprisoned and beheaded. Yet all of these prophets and others like them endured suffering patiently, and they persevered, James says. They endured for the Lord's cause. James also gives the example of Job as one who was patient in trials and suffering. Job went through all kinds of trials and suffering, and yet he patiently waited on the Lord to deliver him. He lost his riches, his family, his livestock, and he was stricken with painful sores from head to toe, yet he never cursed God. He patiently waited on the Lord to accomplish his will. And that is what God did. He not only restored Job's fortunes and family, God blessed Job more than he had the first time around. Job endured and was patient and he was rewarded. How do you respond to hardship and suffering? Are you quick to question God when something doesn't go your way? Back in, uh, when did I get sick? 2002? 2003? 2003, I, was, I, I got a case of uh, gastritis, and it's inflammation of the stomach lining. And um, I was sick for two months straight, every day. Terrible sickness, horribly awful, yucky, yucky, yucky. And um, I learned a lot about patience in that time. Uh, every night, I, I'd fall asleep, and I'd, and I'd pray, Lord, please please don't let me get sick in the middle of the night. Three o'clock in the morning, every morning, I got sick in the middle of the night. And I didn't understand. The doctors tested me for everything. They couldn't figure out why. They couldn't figure out why I was getting sick. They, there was no good explanation. They didn't understand. They, and it was just something I was going to have to live with. And it was, it was just so incredibly frustrating. And like I said, I'd pray every night. I didn't understand. Why was I going through this? Um, and yet, I had to learn a lesson. I had to learn about patience. I had to figure out why I was so miserable. Uh, I had to trust God that he knew what he was doing and that he would somehow deliver me. Um, hardship, suffering, trials, tribulations, temptations, difficulties, they're hard. And when you're going through them, life really stinks. How do we learn to be patient? You know, when it comes to suffering, we don't even know suffering compared to what the prophets of the Old Testament and the New Testament knew, compared to what Job knew. Uh, these people suffered so much, and, and many of the prophets lost their lives. You know, we consider it suffering 
In America, we consider it suffering if we go to a, a restaurant and our uh, steak is overdone. Oh, man! 14 bucks for a steak and they can't even cook it right. And we pout the rest of the day. We have brothers and sisters in Christ around the world who are suffering. True persecution. And yet they patiently endure. And they don't walk away from their faith. If someone hurts our feelings... Or the pastor says something that we don't like, we're ready to go church shopping. I didn't like what he said. Putting down the post office like that. <laughs> I'm going to go find a new church where they don't put down the post office. We, we need to really understand what true suffering really is. And then we need to learn to be more patient as Christians. James says that the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. And then he gives a command about swearing oaths. His words echo Christ's in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 33 through 37. What does that have to do with patience? Let your yes be yes and your, your no, no. What does that have to do with patience? We are not to try the Lord's patience by taking advantage of his compassionate love and mercy. We have to be patient as we wait for the Lord to return and not try his patience. The kind of oath that James is talking about is an oath where one invokes, invokes the Lord's name as a sign of sincerity. How many of you have ever heard somebody say uh, something to the effect of, I, I swear to God? You hear somebody say, you've heard people say that, maybe you said it yourself, you know, um, and, and why do people say that? They say it because uh, they're trying to show how sincere they are, they're trying to show uh, how honest they are. Um, that's what people used to do in James's day. James is telling us that we shouldn't just flippantly use the Lord's name to try and convince somebody that we're being honest and sincere. We are testing the Lord's patient compassion and mercy when we casually use his name. God has revealed his name to his people as a sign that he desires to have an intimate relationship with us. God loves us so much that he wants to have that kind of relationship with us. What do you do when you want to get to know someone better? You tell them your name. Hi, my name is Sean. Uh, I, this morning, I, I met some new people for the first time, and, and that's all I did. Go up and say, hi, my name is Sean. And uh, that's how I introduced myself. That is how I let somebody know that I want to have a relationship with them. God shared his name with his people, and his name is holy. God said in Leviticus twenty-two thirty-two, do not profane my holy name. In other words, do not make his name common or casual. That is a form of testing the Lord's patience when we casually use his name as though it was a common name. James says that we are to live lives of character, and our yes should be yes, and our no should be no. Our lives should be lives of honesty and integrity, and people should be able to take us at our word. We shouldn't have to swear to God or invoke the Lord's name just to get someone to believe us. We need not to test the Lord's patience with us. We need to be patient in waiting for his coming and not test his patience. There was a, a great New England preacher by the name of Phillips Brooks who was noted for his poise and quiet manner. At times, however, even he suffered moments of frustration and irritability. One day, a friend saw him feverishly pacing the floor like a caged lion, and he just paced back and forth. I do this at times. He just paced back and forth. What's the trouble, Mr. Brooks, he asked. The trouble is that I'm in a hurry, but God isn't. I've heard it said that God is rarely early, he is never late, and that he is always right on time. We have to learn to be patient, and that means submitting to God's will and God's time. Though we may be in a hurry, God's timing is best. 
No matter what we're going through, no matter where we're at, God is watching over us. And if we submit to his will, then everything is going to turn out for the best. And we just might learn patience along the way. God desires that the Holy Spirit work in our lives to develop patience. And as the King James puts it, long-suffering. As you grow in your faith and in your walk with Jesus, pray that the fruit of the Spirit would be more evident in your lives. Now, every Sunday we offer an invitation. And that invitation today is to accept, that invitation as it is every Sunday, is to accept Jesus as your Savior. And what happens is, the cool thing that happens is when, when God forgives your sins, uh, when you uh, put your faith and trust in Christ, when you repent from your sins, when you confess Him as Lord, when you're baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, God puts His Holy Spirit in you. God sends His Holy Spirit to dwell in your heart, to live inside of you. And that Holy Spirit, get, Spirit begins to change you. And that's what God wants to do with each and every one of us. He wants to change us from the inside out. And one of the ways that he wants to change us is to make us more patient. So no more road rage. Uh, No more anger. Bear with one another. Forgive one another. Love one another. All these things that we've talked about. It's all about becoming more patient. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, we invite you to do that today. To come forward at this time as we get ready to sing. And uh, we're going to give you that invitation right after we pray. Father God, we do thank you for the Holy Spirit, uh, for the changes that it makes in our lives. And we pray today that the Holy Spirit would make us more patient. God, sometimes we get in a hurry, and it doesn't seem like you are, but we know that your timing is best. And I pray that you would help us to understand that better. And I pray that, God, you would help us to be more patient, more patient with each other and more patient in the face of trials and suffering and more patient as we wait for your for the return of your son. Be with us the rest of this time now as we worship and praise you. Be with those who are hurting today. Be with those relationships that are broken. And I pray, God, that you would fix those, that you would mend broken hearts, and that you'd give us patience. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.